Amen. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. There's a part of us that belongs to Him. There's a pull that's in the flesh and even on that mind and spirit realm, but there's something stronger and greater inside. And I'm so glad that's there. When Brother Branham would talk about his greatest trial, when he lost his daughter and he lost his wife, and he said the devil was talking to him, and I was, he was telling me this, and he said everything he said was true. But he said, but then something down on the inside about the size of a button came up and said, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. I'm so glad that's there. I'm so glad that we have that representation within us. God bless you. Welcome to the service. And uh, this Wednesday, I want to greet you all. Pray that you're having a good week. The weather's been better. We're thankful for that. We're coming into the spring and summer season, which we treasure greatly in this part of the world. I just want to make a couple of announcements. This next upcoming weekend is Mother's Day, so this is for all those that have a mother. Remember that. <laughs> Remember them all the time. Every day is Mother's Day. We, we pray for that. We want to, to do that. The weekend after is the May 17th long weekend. That is sort of the first long weekend of, I can't say summer because it's not till June, but I, I need to say it's the first weekend of the spring-summer season. It's a long weekend, so that Sunday, May the 17th, we're only having one service in the morning, if you remember that. Also just wanted to say we have a young people's service this Friday. We've had a few additional services just for the young people to get together. We've been doing some different formats, and this, this, week, this uh, Friday will be a gathering with the sisters gathering together and then the brothers gathering together. And we just, uh, not so much a ministering, preaching service, but a get-together and an expression. I would say utilize these things to all you can. And may, may God bless the brothers. And I, I just want to say I appreciate the brothers that are doing all of this. There's brothers that are doing a lot technically. There's brothers that are doing a lot with the effort and the time. There are parents that are involved. I say God bless you. Let's make much of this time. So uh, we want to pray for one another, above all. I want to just say thank you to Brother John and Brother Max, who've been doing a lot with it. Brother Andrew has been leading. I, I just want to say thank you to the ministry. Like, I've been blessed in so many services lately, and I just appreciate the gift that's in every life, and so thankful for it. Well, we're going to turn, let's just sing, uh, just something, I love him, I love him, because he first loved me. Sometimes your outside man doesn't feel like that, but somewhere deep inside there, if God's ever touched you, you can't help but love Him. So let's just sing this as we change the order. I love Him. Oh, I love Him. Father, that's truly somewhere inside there's something that says we love you. Lord, I'm reminded of the time that the prophet even was up hunting and 
He was with Brother Biscoll and, and just said, when you talk to him sometime, just tell him that Brother Bill loves him. Father, what a relationship we can have with our Father. Lord, we love you tonight. And we want to just love you and serve you better. Father, we realize this is the calling out of the bride. A people, Lord, that you've called out of just a church. It's a great call, Lord, and we want to respond. I pray, Father, your blessing would be upon us. Take these lips of clay. Take our humanity with all its faults and failures. But, Lord, express yourself, we ask. Hear through us. Speak through us. May you be glorified in us. We thank you. We pray and commit the service to you now. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you to the musicians. Thanks, Brother Jeff. We're going to turn to the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter 103. After that, we'll turn to James 5. I am going to just maybe pick up on a little bit of where Brother Andrew had started last Wednesday. And... Uh, you're probably thinking, okay, what did he preach on? What was the title? What was the scripture? It doesn't matter if you don't remember. I, I don't know how many meals that my, my mother cooked for me, my wife cooked for me. I don't remember every meal, but all I know is it works really well, too well sometimes, actually. So as we keep feeding on the Word, there's something inside. So let's just pick this up. Psalms 103, we're going to start reading in verse 8. The Lord is... Merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> he says, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame. He remembers that we are dust. I'm really focusing on that part. For he knoweth our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are as a grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passes over and it is gone, and the place thereof shall known it be no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto his children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments." To do them. Let's go over to James chapter 5. We'll just read two verses. I'll come back to this after, but we'll just pick up James chapter 5. Let's just start in verse 16. This was coming to my heart last Wednesday in the service. He says, Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer. Of a righteous man availeth much. Now, if you just read that verse alone, sometimes you, you, you'll be condemned before you start praying because you don't feel like a righteous man or righteous woman. But the next verse has to be read together with it. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. Elijah was a mortal. He was moody. He had his ups. He had his downs. He had his faults. He had his failures. But he was, a, he was a mortal. And he said, And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. God bless his word. You may have your seats. As you're being seated, keep your one finger in James. Well, I'm going to turn to a couple of scriptures before I get back to it. Colossians chapter 3, or chapter 2 rather, verse 1. Colossians chapter 2, verse 1. For I would have you know what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea 
And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all the riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Amen. We'll just go into the service from there. Uh, if I can, I want to just share something, and a few of us have been in studying in a few messages, and sometimes you come across a quote, and then you can't get away from it. But Brother Branham, uh, let me say, first of all, the Bible talks about here, there's a great conflict Paul is speaking to the Colossians, is that he has for them, and for them at Laodicea. Now, Laodicea was a natural church, but it was representative of a church age to come. There would never be as great a conflict as we are in this age. There have been times of greater physical battles, but never has there been a time where you're at war 24-7. Maybe when you're sleeping you're not, but even then sometimes you're bombarded. Never has there been a time. Now, God would not just leave us in that state without arming us, without giving us something to overcome with. And I believe he has given us the greatest thing that we could ever overcome with. So I, I want to just take this, and my, my, my topic tonight will be victory in a fallen frame. So I want to take this, and, and Brother Branham would speak this in, in Christ revealed in his own word, and he says... We're not just gathered here today to speak haphazardly on anything. In other words, we're not here to fill in a Wednesday or a Sunday service. We're here to make a difference. And that, that's for the minister. That's for the hearer. Lord, I'm here. I want to hear something. And he says, we want to say something that will help stabilize the people. Now, he, he will use the word stabilize. He used it several times in the ministry. He talked about putting the stabilizers down. Now, you can be born again. You can be born of the Spirit. But yet we need to come into an adoption phase. We're, we're going to a body change. Now, the body change is not just a physical change, but it's a change of our minds, of our spirits, because if you have just the body change and you take your old mind with you, it won't be too long before you get up to heaven and you'll start avoiding people. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I just didn't quite get along with that guy. Yeah, or else you, you might start to get along before you get irritated by people. So our change is not just a change of the physical, but it's a change of our mind, of our character, of our being, because we are eternal creatures. We are going to heaven. This is just a starting of our eternal journey. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe we're living in a time, friends, where there is a dividing that's happening right now. We are seeing that the people that are in Christ are, are not just in him in a physical form, but they're in his mind, in his thinking, and their thinking is being molded to his thinking. And that's the only place of safety. Now, so Brother Adam would say, we need to have something that will help stabilize the people for we are going to pass through dangerous, treacherous waters. And then he says this, we are already sailing through them. And if we were sailing through them then, what about now? He said, I guess sometimes it's like you, like it is with me. Sometimes there's so much of it, it's such a scary <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's not every day I wake up and say, hallelujah, praise God, I'm in Christ. There's days i got to face the world. There's days i got to face. Well, I mean, one thing I'm really happy for, even when I'm able to slip out to work, I don't got a lot of traffic to fight. And I just think, I don't know how I'm going to handle this when the roads get full of traffic in. I, 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 just guess, I even get a little irritated sometimes. Now, let, let me just be honest. I get a little irritated sometimes when, you know, now there's a few more cars on the road, I'm going... 
What in the world are they doing hogging up the space? And why is this traffic construction happening here? And yeah, yeah, it irritates me, but I've got to overcome that. And we all got to overcome those things. Amen. I hear the resounding amens out there. Okay, so let's, let's just take this for a moment. Uh, James, and I'm going to go back to the book of James in a minute, but treacherous, perilous waters. Let's just go to 2 Timothy for a moment. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Are you, are you able to get the words on the screen, brother? No, we're not. So if, you, if you're having trouble seeing it on the screen that you're watching, there's a thing in your house. It's called a Bible. Just pull one of them out, and it's, it's really good to follow along with the minister. <laughs> touch of, a touch of, well, sarcasm, I guess, there. But we're going we're gonna to read from 2 Timothy chapter 3. And this is, we were very well acquainted with this, but i just using it for a little bit of a direction This know also that in the last days perilous times will come. If you just stop that that scripture there and you think, man, I wonder what Paul was seeing. You know, what was he seeing? Earthquakes? Was he seeing, you know, tidal waves? Was he seeing famines? Was he seeing germ diseases? What was he seeing? Like, you know, perilous times will come. And now look at what he focuses in on. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Only in this age can we have an iPhone or an iPad. And I got one, don't worry. And, he, and, and, and only in this day can we have uh, my, uh, uh, I don't know what they call it, it's Facebook and, and, and my, 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 it's all about me. And it's, you know, only in this age. Now, it's a good tool. It's a tree of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but don't get consumed by it. So he says, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. These these are not world calamities. These are actually not even things. He didn't say in this last day there are going to be people with tattoos that are going to look hideous. He's talking about the spirit man. He's talking about the state of mankind, an unregenerate man, and what it would lead them to and the state that it would bring them to. That's the perilous hour that we're in. I'll say this, only the Holy Ghost can keep us. Only God can keep us. He says, we could spend a lot of time on all these, but without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. A brother from the United States sent me an article that he'd seen years ago, and it says, Canada is not welcome, does not welcome Christi- Christ- Christian faith. And he took an article where the government was not going to allow funding if you didn't agree with their stand on abortion. And you, know, you had to agree with their stand and had to sign to it. And, and I just said, I replied to him and said, a pharaoh that knew not Joseph. That's all I can say. And that's where everything is coming to. Really it is. So he says, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. And here's the treacherous part. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. I got I got to move on from that. So now let let me just take this for a moment because I'm talking. I took my thought a little bit out of Psalms where 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 David is speaking. It says God has done these great things. He's removed our transgressions from east to west. You know, and he looks from heaven above. He sees. He goes and then he drops this in. But he knows our frame. He knows our, our, what's, what's inside this frame. He knows what's inside of the flesh part that we can't see. No matter how much you dress it up and do good. He knows us as we really are. He knows if there's a seed gene in there. He knows if you're born again. He knows if your nature has been changed. He knows your spirit and the disposition that's behind you. He knows it. And he knows there's a frailty associated with it. He remembers that we are dust. He makes a way for us. When we stumble and we fall, he doesn't just kick us off, but he picks us up. He reaches his hand down to us. The grace of God continually comes down to us. So wherever you are and whatever kind of a fight or a battle you're in, be encouraged. God knows where you're at. He knows your frame. So Brother Branham would talk about this, and and he talks about Paul who had infirmities in his flesh and different things, and and then he, he says this statement, and you know, we all look at where the battle is raging, and I'll get the sword, and I'll kill this, and I'll do this, and I'll do this. And then Brother Branham just simplifies it so much, and he says, 
the greatest enemy that I've got is William Branham. He's the one that gets in God's way. He's the one that gets lazy. He's the one that gets to a place sometimes where he thinks he can do something about it. And when he does, that shoves God right out of the picture. You know what I really appreciate about the prophet? The transparency. He, you know what, here's a man who after preaching the greatest messages that were ever preached, he says, ever anointed was under the seals. He comes out from that and three weeks, three months later, he's preaching at his tabernacle in a message standing in the gap and he's telling them, I built up a complex. I lost the feeling for the people. I did such and such. And until I get that right, he says, God can't use me. Now you talk about a transparency, a man who was under such an anointing and he could fall to that place. It's just like Elijah was. Elijah was in the same condition under a great anointing. But yet a few days later, a woman threatens him and he runs for his life. Now, if that's Elijah, what about you and us, you and me? Now, to say that we don't get intimidated, that we don't get scared, that the flesh doesn't get in the way, it does. Whatever your nature is, you know, human nature sometimes can be, can be brought down to one of two conditions. It's either fight or flight. Either you, I'll take care of this, and you plow in there, but you plow in there with your old nature, you make it worse. And if you don't get Christ on the inside, listen, don't think that imme- uh, preachers aren't immune to that. My, sometimes you think, they're not getting it. I'll tear the high. No. And that's when God has to come. You, and if, that, if your nature is to fight, but if your nature is to fight, well, I better not preach this because who knows? It goes out into streaming and I could get in trouble for this. You know, and, and, and yeah, I could. But you know what? It's fight or flight. But whatever your nature is, let it be governed by a greater nature, the Spirit of Christ. That's why it's important to be in fellowship to have a relationship, to be in the Word, to be in prayer. Even if you are born again, there's a part of you that's putting on a garment for eternity. There's a part of you that, that says, no, I can't go and sit on the, uh, in, in the Lamb's throne with vendetta, with, with bitterness in my heart, with, with things. How am I going to properly judge? God has to mold me and shape me and form something in me. You know, in, in, in the message here, young man came to Brother Branham. He says, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's praying and he's looking to God for things. And, 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 he, and he tells him, and, and, and Brother Branham just speaks to the young man. And he tells him, and I, I didn't have this really in my quote. So here it is. He says, about a young Catholic boy, he said, he had a prayer book, a prayer book and he was praying for his mother to live. And she died, so he threw his prayer book in the fire. And then he said, he says, you, you go about it wrong. You go about it to pray. If, if you go in to pray and say, okay, I've got to put my 15 minutes in or my half hour in, and that's all you're doing, just checking the time, yeah, I'm done. I'll tell you what, you're not even doing it right. If you're going to try to tell God this needs to be done and you just, just give him an order list, that's not really prayer. Prayer is communion. Prayer is, Lord, I'm here. Your God, your kingdom. And, and Lord, I, I'm not where I should be. Lord, I, I've done, just be honest with him. Say, Lord, you know what? I feel a pull to these things. I said some things. I did some things. And as you confess it, you watch where those things go. They disappear. They dropped into the blood. Where are they dropped in the blood? In your prayer closet. Where are they dropped in? And where do you gain new strength? In your prayer closet. You don't go out by strutting yourself, I'm a message believer, I'm I'm in such and such. No, you got to humble yourself, get down. And Brother Adam says to this young man, we should never pray to change God's mind. We should pray for God to change our mind. So our mind is our spirit. It's by what motivates our spirit realm and what, what, what causes us to do these things. You said, prayer should be, Lord, change me to fit your word. Change my mind to fit your will. Your will is written in the book. Lord, don't let me go until my mind is set like your mind. And when my mind is set like your mind, I'll believe every word. I'll tell you what, I've heard that when I first was saved. I've read this book probably 10 times, listened to the tale. 
tape an equal amount. I, I tell you what, this always comes back to me. That's the way I want to go into prayer. Lord, and I, I'm the preacher. i got to do better. No, Lord, I'm honest. I, 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 gotta, I, I need you. I need you in my personal life. I need you in all of these other parts. And then I, I do pray, Lord, help brother so-and-so and help this and help me to get the mind. Help me to get out of the way. That, that's the real gift is getting out of the way. Now, if I stay on all this, I'll never, never move on. But Brother Branham would say, the greatest enemy he had was William Branham. He said, if I can get rid of that guy. So I really like the distinction he makes here. He says, there's, there's two guys there. <laughs> there. There's one guy that's this way and then one guy that's that way. But he says, I got to get rid of that guy. Now, if, if, you're, you know, if you're in a room and it's husband and wife, no, the wife doesn't need to get rid of that guy or the husband doesn't need to get rid of that gal. You got to look in the mirror and you got to get rid of the, the two guys that dwell in you or the two gals that dwell in you. Because we all have those two, and those natures rise up. So I, I, I need to just, just move this on a little bit further, if I can here. And it's, I realize I'm the one who's holding myself up. Let's go back to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Now, to just give a little background for where Paul was going when he talked about Elijah, a man subject to like passions, look at where he places this. And, and we'll start in verse 7. Maybe I only gave you eight, but verse seven. It doesn't matter where, where the scriptures were given to. You don't even know what scriptures were given. So I'll just read wherever because you can't see them up there. You've got to follow here. So he says in verse seven, James chapter five, be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Now, listen, listen to the, how he puts this. You know, he's exhorting us. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and the latter rain. Now be you also patient. So he's telling us the husbandman, which is Christ, he has long patience. Now that means we need to be patient. We need to be kind. We need to be loving. And he says, be you also patient. Establish your hearts. Here's, here's that word where Brother Branham would talk, stabilizers. You know, it's the same language here that James uses. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. And now he's, he's, he's giving these examples. He's saying, make sure you understand water baptism. Make sure you understand the Godhead, make sure you understand. No, he's talking about a heart condition, a life with God, a daily walk with God. We've got to overcome and live in our spirit realm. Okay? I, I won't be doing all of this service tonight because I, I have some slides and things I'm going to carry into another service. But he says, he says, Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth at the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Now, he, he's, he's telling us, look at how God dealt with these prophets. And, and then the next verse says, We count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job. So he's, he's, he's dwelling on, you know, Wait on God. You know, the one, one thing about Brother Branham being so typed into nature, he, he, would, he would take, and he would take a wheat plant, and he said, you watch that wheat plant comes out, and it starts out that little, little just coming out of the ground. It's like green, and it's leafy, and it's just vibrant, and, and then it grows into a stalk, and then it goes up a little further, and, and then it comes out, and it begins to... But the final part of that whole wheat plant, the, the final part, it, it grows so much, but it seems like... Finally, it looks like that, that, that whole head is on there and, 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 and it's there and it looks like it's ready. It looks like it's good. But he, he, he would make these statements. He says, watch a head of wheat. Look at how it bows itself. Let, you know, and he'd make these statements. We need to stay in the presence of the sun. 
Friends, how, what is the body change? I, I, I just, just, it just so struck me. It's, it, it, there's a physical part, just like there's a physical part in the world, but there's a spiritual part. The spiritual part has to start first. We have to have the spirit of Christ. We have to have the loveliness of Jesus. We have to have the fruits of the spirit. We have to have these things before we ever have the, the natural body change. We need to apply ourselves to these things. Now, he, he goes on to say, uh, let, me, let me read this because he says, remember the prophets. You know, Brother Adam would talk in the church age book and he would say this. The Lord always identifies himself with man in the incarnation. He identifies himself with by man in his spirit in man. Now he talks about, he's talking in the, in the church age about the spirit-filled messengers of the seven church ages. He said, they may be repudiated. They may be questioned. You know, all the questions surrounding the believe not the sign and, and da 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 it fits right into this. They may be repudiated. They may be questioned. Indeed, to the human mind, they may not seem to qualify. You know, he did this and how he did this. Sometimes we, we, we get upset because, you know, it seems like, you know, Brother Branham would come out and, you know, you, you get a little bit of him, and, and I believe the word was pure, but you also get a part of his nature. And people sometimes love to identify with the nature. Oh, he loved hunting. I love hunting. We just read you the quote, the greatest enemy William Branham has is William Branham. We, we so identify with the outside man, but what about the spirit of Christ in that man? That's the part we ought to strive to be like. So he would, he would say this, God always has had messengers for their age. Now watch what he says here. He says, God used an Abraham, and then he puts in brackets, he lied. Then he says, he used a Moses, he rebelled. He used a Jonah, he disobeyed. He used a Salmon, Samson, he sinned. He used a David, he murdered. He used a Joshua, Joseph, and these with severe blemishes far outnumber those whose histories were perfect. All were and are his. So when the devil starts condemning you and saying, you got this flaw, you got this, I said, that's true. That's the outside man. But there's an inside man that's been born again that's of God. That outside man is always with me. That's the frame. That's the outside man. And he says, it's a wonderful quote. I really, really love where he's going with it. But Now, Brother Branham used those words in James. I'm going to jump on. I'm just going to move forward a little bit with this now. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9, if you will. I, I'm going to start in verse 15 and and Jesus said to them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then shall they fast. Now he drops into this, say this, No man putteth on a piece of new cloth onto an old garment. For that which is put in to fill up taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. So you, you got an old pair of trousers, and you got a hole in them, you don't go buy a new trousers and cut the hole out of the new trousers and stick it on the old ones. No, you you got to let the old die out. <laughs> and now he, he makes this, he goes a step further. He says, neither do men put new wine into old bottles. Else the bottles break and the wine runs out and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles and both are preserved. Now, we're not talking natural glass bottles. Back then, it was skins. They used skins in, 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 in keeping wine. And, and Brother Brandon would talk about this. You know, you got new wine, and you put it into an old bottle. He said, he says, new wine, he says, if you look at it, he said, he actually says, I always wondered, in my boyish mind, I always wondered, how could the bottle perish? And he says, now, what we call a bottle, making it old is no difference. But in Jesus' time, 
The bottle they used was made out of animal hide, and animal hide was tanned, and when the animal was old, when it was new and young, it had been tanned, it was flexible. But when it was older, it got dry. And many of you people know what a hide is when it gets dry. It gets old and dry. It's all shrunk up and real hard. Now you put new wine into that. It hasn't got any life in it. Now he's talking about the hide. It's going to burst. So it's just like the revelation that God pours in. He pours the revelation into somebody that's, that's got a temper and, 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 got a, and, and got all kinds of things. You know what? It, it'll, it'll just come in and it'll be exploding in all kinds of directions. So God has to work with our hide, with our old frame. He's got to temper that up. He's got to mold that. He's got to shape that. that that's not just your flesh because you can be old and wrinkled and have to use moisture every day. That's not what I'm talking about. But he says it's the inside. It's the old nature. It's, it's the old character. You can't have the revelation. Sometimes the revelation is held back because we don't have the character to hold it. We need the character. Now, he will go on to say this. New wine has got life. New wine represents, it's still fermenting. Oh, I hope you see it, he says. The new life is fermenting, and it goes into a new flexible bottle while the oil of the animal is still in the skin, and the new wine goes pushing out, and the skin will stretch. And the new wine says, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm the life of God that's working in you. The new skin will say, Amen. So you need to begin to condition the old man. And I'm not so much talking about the skin, but I'm talking about your will. I'm talking about, because my will, you know what, it, it is, as much as I would you know, enjoy ministering and when the anointing is on, it, it's not so joyous to study all the time. Although I love getting in the Word, I have to be honest about that. But it's not so joyous to do the monotonous work. Oh, you know, like some brothers would say, you know, I just put my notes under, I just put the Bible under my pillow and I wake up in the morning and I got the sermon. That's a myth. That's a fallacy. I don't know who can get that. You need to apply yourself. You know, and it's the same thing, not just for preachers, it's the same thing for every one of us. You can't just come to church and pop in, Lord, just feed me, and let me go. No, if you're not in the Word, you're not going to get nearly out of the service what you should get out. If, you're, if you've got a rotten attitude coming to the service, it, it'll be worse. God will withhold from you. But when you're tempered, when you're prayed up, when you're in the right attitude, when you've got a right spirit, you know, then God can pour into you. So there's something in you that's got to pick this flesh up and say, you're going to church. And you're not just going to sit there like a bump in a log, but you're going to enter in. And there's a part of you, you know, like, if I can say it this way, sometimes I'm up here, and I'm thinking, I can't preach that. That's, that's going to cause me some grief. But, but then the inside of me says, you got to preach it. It's the Word. Doesn't matter what the outside says. Doesn't matter what they might think of you. you got to listen to it. It's the same one way for us receiving it. You've got to be able to take that word and you've got to say to the inside born again man, now we're going to take control here. We're going to get our flesh to line up. I know we're tired. I know that we've got other things to do, but we're going to church tonight. And we're not just going to sit there. We're not going to sleep there. We're going to enter in. Listen, I know we've got a few here that are saying amen. I sure appreciate it. But I'll say the pull also comes from another dimension. We have gotten so used to just, yeah, I got it, yeah, I, and not really, we'll show more emotion around the table in conversation about something. We'll get more excited about somebody else's affairs, but this is eternal life. You know, Brother Adam would talk about a, an old coon dog or whatever he would talk about. He said, that coon dog, and he had one called Fritz, I believe. And I think Brother Max was preaching on even the dogs will make it into heaven. Yeah, I, I get that. So, but <laughs> that was good. Anyway, he says, now look, look, he says, you had that dog. Now that dog would have to go and tree the skunk. Kunk. And Brother Adam said, the worst skunk I know is the devil. But the dog, in its natural being, in its natural being, it would not want to go because it, it, it knows if I get in there and that skunk sprays me, I, I don't like that. And he'll resist it. So he says, what you need to do with that dog is you need to appeal to the nature that's in it, not the memory, no, not the outside worry, but you appeal and you go, you just have to say, go get him, boy. Go get him, boy. 
and, and the dogs, all of a sudden, something, yeah, I was born for this. Uh, oh, but that's a skunk. No, no, no. And, and so you're, you're in this battle, right? And there's a part of you, you come to church. Oh, this is, oh, it's just, it's a Wednesday. It's just this. No, it isn't just a Wednesday. It's eternal life. You can get into the service. You can say, yeah, I'm going to get in. Go and preach it, Brother Ed. Give me something that I need that I can take. And you ought to say that for every brother who ministers. I think we need to get back to just every one of us should have the leading of the Holy Spirit when we come to church, whether it's in your living room or on your kitchen table, wherever you're at, you ought to come and say, it's church. I'm going to say amen. And if that means you got to stand when the song service says stand, we stand. If it means you got to tell this flesh, okay, you know, it's more comfortable to sit, I'll just sit now. I had a little cartoon circulating around the last few days about when we have church coming back. They showed a woman coming up the aisle, and she had her hair and curlers frizzed out, coffee cup slippers, and a bathrobe. She says, got used to having church that way. No, <laughs> I'm not having church that way. <laughs> Maybe I have to do it once in a while, but listen, I'll say this. I want to have church with the Lord. I want to have communion with the Lord. I, I'm just talking, hey, am I on my not even getting to where I wanted to get to. Oh, okay, so new wine in old bottles. My, oh my, where am I going to get to here? Brother Dan, I may have to save some of these scriptures. I'm going to just take my order a little bit differently. Let's just turn on the PowerPoint if we can. How many are happy to be in church? Amen. That's right. So am I. I really enjoyed the service last Wednesday and Sunday night and even a little bit of Sunday morning, even though it was I was had to listen to myself, but I enjoyed that too. Now, if I got this up. Oh, there it is. Okay. We're back. Okay. This this is Pretty, pretty convincing about what, what this is. Uh, this is your frame. If, if you really want to know where I got this from, I'm just going to turn this off for a minute. I, I, I've just so enjoyed studying the Word of God. I, I took where Brother Branham, we spoke on Sunday where he had the vision of the bride and the church, and then I just followed, and, and God gave him that vision. This wasn't Brother Branham just deciding, okay. No, this was God leading so he gave him that vision, and he comes from that vision, and you watch the way he starts to make a distinction between the church and the bride, because this message is a calling out of the bride. Yes, he speaks to both false and, and true vine, but it's the calling of the bride, and I started to watch the channel that he was going in, and he goes from that channel, and he speaks feasts to the trumpets, and he talks about where there's a persecution, but it's not on the bride, because it, it's an ecumenical move that comes against the bride which is a church move. Now, he would go on to say, and he goes in recognizing your day in its message. He talks about how we are called out at this season. He brings the Jews into play. And then after that, he starts preaching future home. And he starts going into a channel that is reserved for the bride. And in future home, he actually goes to 2 Peter chapter 3, and I had it in my notes, but I'm not turning to it. But he talks about the old world that was. The new, and he says that was the world that perished underwater under Noah. And he says, but the world, the framework remained. That's where I caught this whole thing. He's speaking in future home. He says, the framework remained. The world was not destroyed. So even when you're saved, and he starts to tie this in with the human part and with the world. The world is one of God's attributes. It goes through a washing of water. Then he goes into, it's got a sanctification. It's going to have a fire. And he says, that's the same for you. If you're one of God's attributes, you're going to have a washing. You're going to have a sanctification. You're going to have a baptism by fire. But he says, God doesn't throw away the old world. He just regenerates it. He doesn't throw away the old Philip. He takes that Philip and he uses his nature, but he channels it under the Holy Ghost to be what it ought to be. He made Brother Branham a trapper. He made him a woodsman. He gave him the spirit of Elijah, but yet he still had to overcome. 
And so it's the same for us. We have to overcome our old nature. We're continually battled, battling that. But this is where, where it all lies. Now, so I'm just going into this. So that's the framework. So you've got a soul. That's the inner realm, a body, a spirit. Probably know it better this way. Body, soul, and spirit. Now, I'll qualify this in a minute, but there's your soul, there's your spirit, there's your body. And, and, and to clarify, if you're listening to the message, before 63, Brother Branham refers to it this way, after 63, soul, spirit, body. Okay? So I, I don't want to spend time on that. So your three realms. There's your outside man. See, taste, smell, feel, hear. Inside of you is a soul. Before you were born again, it was governed by... This little guy here, man, he's a troublemaker. And you know what? And then he comes in, and he dominated your life by doubt. He dominated by all these things. But inside this soul realm somewhere, there was a little seed gene. There was a little germ, as Brother Branham would talk about it. And that little germ was there. So it's in this message, Future Home, where he goes into, and he's in the middle of talking about the world. He stops, and he drops into the woman at the well. He said her outside was all covered with blackness. He said she didn't know anything what the Pharisees knew. He didn't know all of that. But inside of her, she had representation. She had a little seed of life. And that little seed of life, when the word was made real in front of her, she recognized it and she responded it. So here, her all outside was black, but inside was all that was needed. And he characterizes it with... The Pharisees, whose whole outside was white, but on the inside was black. Now, Brother Branham is going into a channel to help stabilize us. He's, and if you can recognize this, this will help you to overcome. This will help you recognize when you make a mistake, sometimes it's happening here, out in this realm, out here, but inside, if you're born again, you've got this governing you, not that, you've got a new nature. So sometimes you will do things, the motions of sin are in you, the things in your flesh, you say things, you lie, you do things, you didn't mean to do it, but it's there, and you can get condemned, and you can do all kinds of things, but if you recognize, no, on the inside of the inside, there's something in my heart that loves God. Listen, this will help stabilize you in a world full of fear, in a world where people don't have this anchor in there, governing these realms. Listen, people are, we're living in the same realm. See, taste, feel, smell. People walk down the street, look the same as us. But what's on the inside of the people, that's where the great battle is. It's right in here. Memory, affection, imagination, reason, conscious. Now, I'm, there's much that we can taught on this, but I'm not going to go into that so much tonight. So, this whole realm. Now, Brother Adam would go on to say, Satan, by the laws of sin and death, makes any, everything that has sin and cancer bought to operate it. Now, w watch how he does this. Satan sends a cancer. The man recognizes it and receives it. Now, you don't have to receive it. But if you're not born again, there's nothing to resist it. If you don't know the promises of God, there's nothing in you to stop it. God wants to arm you. In your spirit realm, when Satan sends something, no, hold on a second. That is not who I am. I am not this. That doesn't happen just by casually coming to church. That happens by being engaged. He says, man, recognize it. Satan sends heartaches. We recognize it and we receive it. Why? That's a law. The law of sin and death. Here's the three same realms. These are outer influences, like we talked about in Timothy, pride, all these things. So they come in, contentions, malice, pride, lust, envy. They come in, they penetrate. They, they can't do a thing to you unless you open up to receive them. The devil doesn't have, he can't force it on you. We have to operate it by having something greater inside of us. Now there's temptation and ambition and fame and honor. I'm, I'm going to come back to this. I'm going quickly to get to a point. Trials, stress, threats, necessities, problems. These all come in, but, but we, only if we receive them. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to get all stressed out. You know, this and this is only if you want to get stressed out. You know, 
Tell it to Jesus. You got troubles? Tell it to Jesus. I mean, you talk about a place to let the pressure off. We've got the ultimate place. Now, Satan's approach is from the inside. No matter how much you, I don't steal, I don't drink, that's got nothing to do with it. It's the inside. No matter how good you are, how moral you are, how truthful, he said, these things are respected. But Jesus said, except a man be born again. Unless that little red guy is gone and the little white man comes in, you know, you're, you're really not going to be an overcomer. That's why it's so important to be born again. And once you are born again, you can't stop there. You've got to exercise yourself. Friends, I'm trying to stabilize us all. I really am. I'm not trying to condemn anybody. Now, I'm going to just jump forward. So here's that same thing again. Now, Brother Bannon would say, if Satan by his power can make his laws to work in man, how much more ought God with his power make his laws work in man? Satan can make his laws, be sure and recognize it, now, he said, that's the law down at the bottom. The law of sin and death works in the people. But the law of the liberty of Christ has come in to set us free from these things. So now just take it a bit further. I believe this with all my heart. I believe we're nearing the age that when people are going to recognize these things. Friends, I don't know about you, but I have seen something happening. There's a decay in the minds of humanity. It has sunk another level. And I have seen that God is making that real, that I am not one of them. I can see that there's a faith and a security and a comfort in this word. And I'll tell you what, it's real. It is so real. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop there, Brother Dan. You can turn it off. Now just turn with me for a moment to Acts chapter 28. I've still got a few minutes to go here. Acts chapter 28. Now this is Paul speaking. Now Paul ended up in prison a few times. And he ended up in prison once he, you know, he was put in a place and that was where he wrote the book of Romans. So you might feel like you're in a prison, but Satan thought he, he's got Paul bottled up. I'm not going to let him preach. I'm not going to let him do these things. And on the contrary, God used that place for more than the devil ever could have imagined. He says, I'll bottle him up. And instead, Paul wrote the book of Romans. Paul wrote scriptures that you and I can hang our hats on right down to 2020. It's done more. You might think, I'm, I'm bottled up, I can't do anything. God can do more like he did with Paul. He can do it with every one of you. So Paul, now he arrives in Rome. Now verse 16. And when we came to Rome, the centurion, a centurion is a guard of a captain, delivered the prison prisoners to the captain of the guard. So he delivers all the prison. Paul was one of the prisoners. All the prisoners go to the captain of the guard. But Paul was suffered to dwell by himself with the soldier that kept him. Now, this is really kind of funny, actually. Paul was going to suffer to dwell by himself, but there's going to be a soldier right beside him. In fact, they said Paul was chained to that guy. So here's Paul is, is chained to this guy, and he says, now, you're going to dwell alone, but you're chained to this guy. So wherever you go, you're chained to this guy. Now, I'm just making a point here. The point is, your old nature has not been, if you've been born again, that doesn't mean that you still don't have that old nature can't rise up. It can rise up. You carry that with you wherever you go. But you've got to bring that into subjection. Now, could you imagine Paul, all the prisoners are here. Here comes Paul. He's chained up. Now, Paul was given liberty to talk to people. He was given liberty to speak to people. Now, can you imagine somebody comes to Paul, the messenger of the first age, and here's Paul. Come and speak a service to us, Paul. And he's bound by a chain. Now, huh, like that's enough to throw the natural mind off. What kind of a messenger is this? Yeah, he's a messenger who had to fight. Elijah was a man like, like passions as us. So here's Paul. You know, so if Paul wanted to praise God, he had to raise his hand. That soldier had to raise his hand. <laughs> if you want to serve God, the old man that's beside you has to cooperate. 
And you have to get them to cooperate. If you want to pray, if Paul wanted a moment alone to pray, he'd have to kneel. That man would have to pray or stand beside him with his arm down low. Now just think about that. You can just say it whatever way. Jeff, you're going to have to pray now. And the old guy is telling you, no, you got to have breakfast and you got to get going. No, we're going to pray now. And you gotta, you got to imagine that that old man has got to stand and say, no, it's time to pray. It's time to go to church. That old man can't stand there. And you can't, listen, you can let the old man run with you. And, and listen, I'm not talking about old man. That's a slang about fathers. and No, it's not it. And I'm not talking, it's, it's the sisters. But it's your old nature that can rise up. You've got to bring that into subjection. So Paul, could you imagine how, how he would take the services? You know, Paul, he would, maybe sometimes the soldier would have enough of him. And, and Paul would say, uh, how many of you here want to go to heaven? And he'd raise his hand, and the soldier said, no, he put his hand down. And Paul put his hand down. Everybody got stumbled by it. Well, that was the old nature. Listen, we don't all have good days. Sometimes our old nature rise up. Sometimes your parents come to you, they're so loving and kind, and they're like Jesus, and they, they, they talk to you, you're, you know what, we're praying for you, we're going to make, you're going to make it. And then other times you, they, they, they come up to you and say, what did you do that for? <laughs> well, you know, that first part was the attribute that was born of God. The second part was the attribute that wasn't born of God. And we all have it. Could you imagine? You know, here's Peter when Jesus comes to him, and Jesus comes to him and says, you know, who do men say that I am? Well, some say you're Jeremiah. Who do you say I am? He says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He says, Peter, you are, you're, he says, your name will no longer call this. Uh, not, <laughs> slow down. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Man, Peter must have been like up there. <laughs> and then he goes, and then Jesus said, we're going to Jerusalem. I've got to be crucified. No, Lord, it can't be. And he turns around, get behind me, Satan. Like, like Peter was like, whoo, what happened there? There was two Peters there. The first Peter caught what was in Christ. The second Peter was, was trying to resist it. And we need to recognize there's two of us that we carry around. And sometimes one of us pulls us the wrong way, but the other one, if you give yourself to it, you can overcome that. Oh, thank God for that. Let's go to Romans chapter 7. Now, this is all written for a reason. You know, Peter, he knew what it was like to be chained here. So now he comes to Romans chapter 7, and he's talking about, my, the clock is ticking away on me here. Romans chapter 7, and he starts in verse 1, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them, that you know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he liveth. Now he talks to the woman that is, the husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. But then if her husband liveth and she be married to another. So he's talking about all of this. But what he's saying is you really can't be loosed until your first husband is dead. You really can't have that freedom. And even when he's dead, sometimes you still drag him around. Now you can actually go and look at this in history. I forget what the ruler's name was, but they conquered you know, countries and they would, they would kill people and do it. But they kept some people alive. But to show that they wanted to have a mastery over them, what they would do is they would chain that living man to a dead man. And that, that living man, even though he was a slave, he was conquered, he had to drag this dead man around. Now listen, that would be okay for the first day or two. But when you sat down to have a meal and this dead started to stink and corrupt, it wasn't that funny. And many did not survive. And it was like a prison house. But that's how they conquered. But God does not want to let us be, you know, we, we've got to work with this. But he gives us an ability to overcome. Like Paul would have to work with that centurion. We've got to work with our stinking old nature, which stinks. I was, I was just out the other day. My wife had some duty and some transactions, and and I got a little frustrated with the person we were dealing with. And I started to go, and my wife just said, "Take it easy, take it easy." And then I, I just, and I thought, and I actually had to come out of there. And I said, and I had to stop. And I said, "You were right, honey. I'm sorry. 
but I had too much of that in a couple of other situations. And so I had to apologize. I actually apologized to the lady before I left. I'm sorry, you were right. But you know what? It does you good to say, okay, that guy needs to get under subjection. That guy was out of order. That guy needs to smarten up. And it, lest you think this is all on me or, or you, you gals, it's the same thing. We all have to get that person into a different place. Otherwise, we, we, go, we go too often to the old nature. We refer to it. Fight or flight. Sometimes, uh, I'll just avoid trouble. I'll run from it. Run from responsibility. That's, that's human nature. Or else just engage in a fight without taking time. Send an email, all capital letters. I'll let them know what I think. Didn't, didn't raise your voice or nothing. Huh, you're really proud of yourself, aren't you? But all capital letters, you got your message across. Pray about it. Take time. You've got to bring this into subjection. I, I, I had a number of scriptures that I'm going to get into, but I'll, I'll, I told you I'm not going to finish this. But I, I need you just to take this concept. Friends, we, we can have victory. We're going to still be in this tabernacle. We're going to be in this frame, this framework. You're, you're, you're going to, God made you the way you are. You know, you know if, you didn't have, if you didn't have no passion, sometimes we, you know, Christian life should be fun. If you don't have no passion and enjoy it, what good is it? And have fun. You can have a joke. But, but that's where the Holy Ghost can give you that liberty. But if you're all bound up with yourself, you can't do it. I think we, I think we ought to rejoice. I think we ought to have fun with one another. I think we ought to be able to encourage one another. I think we ought to recognize everybody has a different nature. You know, if you try to make everybody like your natural nature, I'll tell you what, you're going to get into a lot of trouble. Because I, I, listen, my natural nature, I don't even like it sometimes. And I sometimes have prayed, Lord, let that guy die, and Lord, somehow let people see you today. That, I think that ought to be our, just our goal. You know, I, I'm going to go to work today, and I know I gotta, you gave me these talents, you gave me these gifts, but Lord, they're useless if that old Ed Hammermeister tries to deal with it. Lord, may you come in and may you give me the right spirit. May you give me the boldness when I need it. May you give me the softness when I need it. May you keep my mouth closed when it needs to be closed. I tell you what, I, I want to be changed. Let's, let, let's have the musicians come. I, I want to be different. I want a body change, not just physical. I want it to govern in every aspect of my life. I think that ought to be our goal. If you recognize your day and its message, you will recognize, I'm here on this earth, I've got to be committed to changing, to allowing God to change me. Not just to get to church and do the right things, but I've got to have a 24-7 availability. Lord, teach me your ways. Lord, make me more like you. Because I'm on my way to heaven. I, I, I've, I've got to start changing now before I ever get there. So the body change has got to be in this spirit realm. Listen, that's just a preview for we get to the next, next, maybe not Sunday, but maybe another Wednesday. I just, may that be encouraged. Don't be, listen, don't be upset if you fail and you stumble and you fall. Be upset if you, if you, get, if you become obstinate about it. If you try to justify yourself, but if there's a spirit of Christ in you, repent. Make it right. And you know what? You'll feel way better about it. And so will everybody around you. And you're going to say, Lord, I, I don't just want to be <laughs> forgiven. I want to be changed. I, I want to be made different. Lord, take this old frame, this old nature. You know, you gave me this, Lord. Channel it to be used for you. Every one of you has got a gift. Everyone has got a contribution. But let, let, let that new man govern you. Amen. Let's just stand together. Maybe we'll sing a couple of chorus. Brother Jeff, you're going to lead us here a little bit. Let's sing, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Do you believe that? Then sing it like you believe it. <laughs> you, know, you, you know, if you want to sick an old dog, you've you got to sick that nature of Christ in you. How do you do it? I'm going to enter in. I'm going to sing this song. I'm not just going to lip sync, although I have to do it sometimes. I'm not going to lip sync. You, some of you caught that. I know you did. I saw you laughing. Listen. Enter in. <laughs> enter in your prayer life. Listen, let's sing it. Go ahead. 
Satan's like a roaring lion roaming to and fro seeking who 